Welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. My name is Doug Wortham, and I have the distinct pleasure of hosting today's show. Today, we'll speak to someone who dedicates a lot of time and effort in supporting veteran charities, get an update from the Minnesota Paralyzed Veterans of America, and speak to the director at the Minneapolis VA. But first, it's time for Generally Speaking, a weekly message from the Adjutant General of the Minnesota National Guard, Major General Sean Mankey. Your Minnesota National Guard is a unique military organization in that we have a dual role. Our chain of command includes both our governor and our president. We serve both overseas and combat roles and here at home in response to state emergencies. More than 13,000 strong, the soldiers and airmen of your Minnesota National Guard are based in more than 60 communities across our great state. From our Air National Guard units in Duluth and the Twin Cities to our Army National Guard units stationed in Rosemont, Bloomington, St. Paul, Camp Ripley, and elsewhere, the soldiers and airmen of your Minnesota National Guard Guard live here, work here, and serve here. It is our mission to be a good community partners. We partner with local law enforcement agencies, schools, and an assortment of community organizations as part of our counter drug program. In our role as emergency management response agency, we're prepared to protect Minnesota from any hostility, be it winter weather, floods, wildfires, civil unrest, or a pandemic. While I'm in the community, people often stop me to thank me for my service. I'm always humbled by that gesture of gratitude, but I'm also proud in the knowledge that the Minnesota National Guard is always ready to protect our community and always there to respond. Thank you. Thank you, General Mankey. For more information, please go to minnesotamilitaryradio.com. Joining us now to talk about supporting veterans charities is Todd Bartison. Todd is the Vice President of Marketing at My Credit Union in Bloomington, Minnesota. He also serves as the Executive Director of the My Credit Union Community Foundation, where he leads efforts to mobilize resources on behalf of and to honor Minnesota veterans. Tom, welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. Well, thanks for having me. Well, it's great to have you in the studio. And, you know, we... Uh, we love to, to get people in the studio and just talk about the different types of um, veterans organizations, ways that we can support um, charities, uh, veterans organizations. And it's interesting to have you in the studio today because often we have the organization itself uh, talking about what they do. And uh, you're someone who's not necessarily a part of a specific organization, but yet you support many organizations through some fundraising efforts. And uh, I'd just like to hear a little bit about uh, about you, uh, kind of your background, and then what led you to take on and get this passion for trying to do some fundraising and supporting all these multiple different uh, veteran organizations and charities. Well, uh, I could trace part of it back to the fact that my dad is a veteran and um my little brother passed away uh, back in 1971 and has been laid to rest out at Fort Snelling all that time since then. So I've spent a lot of time out there and uh, I think it was just laying the groundwork in my brain that uh, when I came to my credit union, uh, I had an opportunity because of my boss saying, uh, hey, go, go, go for it. Um, uh, we sponsored flags for Fort Snelling and helped them fulfill their mission of putting a, a U.S. flag on every headstone for uh, Memorial Day weekend. And uh, so that was 200,000 flags. Uh, we helped them raise $400,000, and it was probably the best experience of my life. And that kind of drove me to today to keep, keep that momentum going and finding other organizations that could use the same help. And so you talk about your 
your brother, he was three year old, three years old uh, when he passed away. Uh, that was when the Vietnam uh, War was going on. He's buried at the uh, cemetery. So there's obviously some type of a tie um, that you have that your family has to military uh, so that he'd be eligible. So what is the tie in kind of your military uh, family tie, if you will? Uh, well, the primary one is my dad, and uh, but secondarily would be my grandpa served in World War One. My dad was uh, Korea. My father-in-law was Korea. Two uncles that are buried out there that were World War II, uh, and I have another cousin that's on the Vietnam Memorial Wall uh, in Washington, D.C. So um, I, I can't say that I was alive for any of those, but it's certainly not lost on me that if my grandpa died in World War One, I would not be here. And I go out to the cemetery all the time to see my brother, and, and now my mom is laid to rest there as well. Um, and you look around those headstones nearby my brothers, and they're all 18-year-olds that probably didn't have a chance to uh, have a family or experience any of that part of their life. They, they gave of themselves so that uh, the rest of us could kind of have our own path through life, and I just have to respect that and honor that. And uh, so I'm very thankful that that opportunity came up through Flags for Fort Snelling and other groups for me to be able to kind of express my gratitude uh, all the way around. And so, you know, obviously going out to uh, Fort Snelling as a, a young kid, a, a young man, a grown man, an adult, um, you know, the, the scenery is just unbelievable, especially when you see all those flags out there. So, um You've been exposed to that for obviously many years. Uh, the the flags over full uh, over Fort Snelling. Tell us a little bit about what that does, and uh, you know, really, what's the meaning behind that? Well, uh, Joanne Malmstead is the founder of Flags for Fort Snelling, and uh, I know that she just had the inspiration one day when she heard that the tradition had ended back in the late '80s. Of the staff would put out those flags, and then as the cemetery got large, uh, it just was too much for them to do themselves. So it just kind of went dormant for 30 plus years. And she just took it upon herself to start the tradition all over again. And uh, the the coolest thing to me is that when you're out there, uh, you you see families uh, participating as volunteers and putting flags out, but they're also using it as an opportunity to, to tell that story to the next generation. You see a lot of families uh, showing the grand grandson, grandchild of a veteran and telling him a little bit about what it means for him to be buried out there. Um, very, very powerful moments out there, that's for sure. And the intent then is to ensure that every stone, every gravestone, every site has a flag um, planted next to it. And, and how, how many flags does that equate to now? Uh the, the flag count is right around 200,000. Uh, the number of veterans and the number of people uh, doesn't quite equal that because my grandma is buried out there, but she's not a veteran, but she got her own headstone. So uh, I, I don't know how they keep track of the math, but they do a phenomenal job of honoring veterans uh, every day out there. So that got you your start um, into supporting the uh, veteran causes and charities and things. And um what other types of charities um, have you been involved in or do you support um, in, in your role um, trying to bring these entities together and help them with the fundraising? 
Well, kind of the interesting thing is, and and to all the veterans out there, uh, I just love hearing from veterans and hearing stories and and hopefully pay some, play some small role in uh, helping to carry those stories forward. But uh, one that really impacted me was uh, at the time we did flags for Fort Snelling, uh, Nick Ron, who now runs Warriors Next Adventure, uh, approached me and heard what we had done for Flags for Fort Snelling and asked us if we would do, consider doing something similar for his organization and, and his cause. And um, I would encourage everybody out there to go visit his website because I don't really want to tell his story, but it was very powerful, very moving. And uh, I, I couldn't say no. I said, as you know, a son of a veteran, I said, if you're going to ask me, I'm going to try. And so he was understanding that when once COVID hit, I was kind of uh, not sure what I could do to help support him during a, a global pandemic. But during the pandemic, the inspiration hit me to uh, start a cornhole tournament and just invite a bunch of veterans groups. Uh, so the Hendrickson Foundation, Warrior Warriors Next Adventure was there, uh, Minnesota Warrior Hockey, uh, Can Do Canines. Uh, uh, there was all kinds of different organizations out there. And, and the whole point was a lot of these organizations are doing great things, but they don't, they're volunteer driven as well. They don't necessarily have the resources to put on big fundraising events and, and get media coverage and all those things. So I, I kind of saw it as an opportunity for uh, the credit union to kind of step in or our foundation to step in and take the fundraising responsibility off their back and let them continue doing what they're doing um, I, I kind of joke with my boss, uh, Greg, uh, back at the, back at the office, uh, the, the whole idea that we're going to have the poorest foundation in the country because we don't want to have money just sitting in our foundation. We want it out in the community benefiting veterans, uh, as much as possible. So we're actually helping those organizations directly fundraise, not just come through us. Yeah, I think that's uh, a great point, right? You don't want to have money in the bank. Uh, if your goal, your mission is to support other organizations, charities, then bring the money in, but but certainly send it out to support those uh, people and those organizations. We do have to take a quick break here. When we come back, I want to talk about the Loud and Proud event and some other things that you have going on. Uh, we're speaking with Todd Bartison, and uh, this is Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Doug Wortham, and in the studio with me today is Todd Bartison. We've been talking about uh, how he supports different uh, charities, veteran organizations, doing some fundraising, and uh, he's the executive director of the My Credit Union Community Foundation, again, where he leads those efforts to mobilize resources on behalf of and to honor Minnesota veterans. So, Todd, before we went into break, uh, we were just talking about uh, the Cornhole Tournament, and you were listing off a bunch of organizations that um, that you you try to support and do some uh, fundraising for. And one of the things that I thought was kind of interesting uh, when we were talking before the show is you talked about um, an app that people can use or the website that people can go to to make donations. And then if there are some of these uh, veteran charities or organizations out there, they actually could set up an account mm-hmm. uh, so that they can receive um, funds through their own fundraising efforts as well, and they don't get um, overcharged with a bunch of fees. Can you tell us a little bit about what that app is and uh, kind of what the motivation was as to why it got set up? Uh, the app itself or the platform is called NetGiver, 
and it is owned by the credit union industry in Minnesota. So it's it's there for philanthropic purposes. It's not there to to get your secret data mining and and selling your information or any of that that goes along with some of those other apps that are out there to process donations. It is truly there to help organizations, any veteran organization that's uh, has their 501c3 that is in good standing with the IRS should be eligible to sign up. And if they need help, they can certainly reach out to me and I can connect them with directly with NetGiver. But the idea is, is that the uh, funds go directly and, and the people donating can, they don't have to be members of credit unions to do it. They can be a member of any financial institution. Uh, you just have to set up the account and uh, it will process the donations fee-free to you as the donor and fee-free to the organization receiving those funds. So it, it's really a win-win-win all the way around. And uh, we just look at it as, you know, if you're going to get $1,000 from someplace, do you want $1,000 or do you want 900 because 10% of it got yeah. clipped off from fees? Well, I think that's a, a great thing, especially for organizations that are just starting out. Um, every penny matters. I mean, not that it doesn't anyway, but every penny does matter. And uh, fundraising is, is difficult enough as it is uh, to have a bunch of money going to fees. Um, kind of um, stifle some of the, the progress as well. But um, so we appreciate you doing that. But let's talk about a, another event, uh, and that is called the Loud and proud event. What is that? And, and tell us a little bit about it. Well, loud and proud was a way to kind of grow the flags for Fort Snelling experience, I guess, uh, that, that, uh, groups of motorcycle, uh, Harley Davidson riding motorcycle people, uh, the, the various veteran groups that ride motorcycles, uh, are invited to, uh, veterans park in Richfield. They stage there and, uh, they, uh, disembark from the park underneath a massive uh, United States flag that's just flying. The fire department flies it for us, and they uh, go down 66th Avenue towards the cemetery in, in pairs, and it is really cool to hear, and it's really cool to see it, and and uh, if anybody wants to pencil it in, it should happen uh, sometime on Saturday of Memorial Weekend this year, and uh, once they get to the cemetery... Uh, it, it's amazing just to be sitting there listening to the motorcycles as they come roaring into the cemetery and they go to Mallon Drive, which is right by the flagpoles, and they get off their bikes and they each have flags uh, in their hands and they walk up to George Mallon's headstone. And George was the first veteran uh, buried at Fort Snelling 100 plus years ago or just about 100 years ago, and uh, they kick off the flag placement ceremony by placing the very first flag of the 200,000 with, with George, and then they have some special time with some of the other veterans that are also buried on and on Mallon Drive, and then they just go roaring out of the cemetery, and it is it gets your attention, that's for sure. And a lot of saluting, a lot of hugs and high fives and everything. It, it is pretty emotional. Yeah. Sometimes people might think that the sound of those, uh, motorcycles revving up are annoying, but, uh, a site like that at the cemetery, I'll tell you what, that's something that seems to be pretty patriotic and, uh, what, what an event to see, to see, I'm sure. Well, and, and if I could take like two seconds to plug the cemetery them itself, uh, they do a fantastic job of helping support some of these different initiatives. Um, and, 
I was shocked that they actually approved this one, but they said, sure, we'd like, like to have that out there. And, and uh, it went off so well for the first time this year. And next year we're expecting probably 500 or more motorcycles. But if you are a Harley Davidson riding motorcycle person, please don't just show up because it's all orchestrated through the different motorcycle clubs and we, we can't just have a, a free for all, but uh, you're invited to spectate though. That would be uh, a cool site as well. So we have less than four minutes left here in this segment, and you already had mentioned the cornhole uh, tournament. Uh, do you have uh, the tournament lined up again for this coming year? Um, do you plan on it being a bigger, better event? What What are your thoughts, and uh, what, what's the planning there? Well, with, with uh, this year being the first time we tried it, uh, we honestly had no idea what we were doing, and I thought it came out uh, very well. And we've already penciled in September 19th. That's a, a weekday, a Tuesday, uh, out at the Medina Entertainment Center. And uh, the, the, the biggest thing that we want to do is encourage the public to participate either by donating. Um, if you're a, a business out there that really supports veterans and want to enter a team, uh, you can certainly... Uh, reach out to me. Uh, we have 64 sets of cornhole boards, so that's 128 actual boards. And so we had hundred and almost 128 teams show up for the first year. And it's not going to hurt my feelings if we have 256 or, uh, or more at, at future events. Uh, there's just only so much room at the Dyna Entertainment Center for us to accommodate everybody. But uh, it is not just a credit union industry event. We want it to be any Minnesota corporation that feels feels that same thing that we feel and wants to be out there. Uh, please get a hold of me, and we would try to figure out a way to uh, get you some participation. I guess. So as you look forward into uh, 2023, you're planning for um, obviously the Loud and Proud event. You're planning for the Cornhole uh, Tournament again. What uh, kind of goals or objectives do you have going into 2023 as it relates to other events and fundraising goals? Well, uh, Loud and Proud is is just, if it happens, that that's a, a win. We're not raising money in association with it. It's just the, the motorcycle clubs uh, wanting to participate. Uh, Flags for Fort Snelling, they are still uh, accepting donations, uh, and a lot of people still give annual gifts because their dad or grandpa is out there, so uh, I don't think they would ever turn down donations for that, but we don't really have a set goal for, for that event. The Cornhole Tournament, uh, the main goal is, uh, like I said earlier, our goal for our foundation is to be as poor as possible. Uh, we want to make sure the money gets out and helps veterans, uh, so the money doesn't stay with us. It goes out to those organizations. Uh, if, if we get the, the media coverage that we think we'll get for this year, and can help tell the stories of what these great organizations are doing on behalf of veterans, uh, I could see that event bringing in or raising on behalf of these veterans groups two, three hundred thousand dollars yeah. And we'd be very happy to make sure that they all get it. And that would be a wonderful story. So in the last about 40 seconds here, um, what, what has been your favorite part about uh, doing what you're doing and being as involved as you are in the multiple different uh, organizations that you try to support? Uh, well, I, I can tell you the feeling that I had when I looked up after I placed my last flag in 2018 when we finished with Flags for Fort Snelling and I stood up and looked all over the cemetery and saw a flags just in every direction. Uh, 
that was it. That was like reaching the mountaintop. That was Mount Everest for me because we did it. We raised the money. We got 8,000 volunteers out there that first year and, and placed it. And that, that energy or that vibe is kind of what sustained me on everything else after that. Um, and then just how cool the veterans are themselves. They, they are so appreciative of anything that is done on their behalf. And I'm like, you know, you guys deserve it. Let's, let's as a state show that we really support them. So, you know, if you're in Roseau or wherever you are and you want to send us donations, we'll make sure it, it serves and honors veterans. Well, Todd, hey, I really appreciate all the time, the effort, the support you've given to uh, veteran charities and uh, the NetGiver app or website is a place that people can go if they want to make uh, some donations. And if you are a not-for-profit organization, go there and see if they might be able to serve your needs and uh, not uh, have you uh, pay a ton of fees to do your own fundraising. So, Todd, again, thanks for your uh, your support. I appreciate you being in the studio with us today. Thank you. That was Todd Bartison. This is Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay with us, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. In a moment, we are going to get an update from the president of the Minnesota Paralyzed Veterans of America. But first, it's time for the Commissioner's Corner, a weekly update from the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. Now here's Commissioner Larry Herkey. In partnership with the Lutheran Social Services, Minnesota Service Corps is a nation-leading program designed to bring essential community-based services directly to veterans and their families across Minnesota at no cost. Due to its unique structure, this program also provides resources to previously underserved areas in greater Minnesota. Services include individual and family counseling, financial counseling, debt management, addiction counseling, disability service, and in-home counseling. The goal is to help veterans and their families to develop skills and draw on their own strengths to bring about successful and lasting family stability. After serving our country selflessly, veterans and their families can know that we stand behind them and we're ready to serve them. For more information or to request services through CORE, contact your CVSO or County Veteran Service Officer or call 1-888-LINKVET. Thank you, Commissioner Herkey. For more information, please go to minnesotamilitaryradio.com. Joining us now from the Minnesota Paralyzed Veterans of America is Vicki Garrison. Vicki served in the United States Air Force from 1986 to 1990. She joined the Minnesota Paralyzed Veterans of America in 2015, served as the secretary in 2020, and is now serving her second term as the president of the Minnesota Paralyzed Veterans of America. Vicki, welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. Thank you, Doug. Great to be here. Yeah, good to have you on um, on the program with us today. Uh, we always love getting updates from each of our different uh, organizations. And I'd like to just start off right away, if you could tell us a little bit about uh, some of the highlights that the um, Paralyzed Veterans of America, the Minnesota uh, chapter, had over uh, 2022. Sure. Um, you know, despite the challenges that we continue to face in 2022, actually, I think did a, a very good job. We sent nine athletes to uh, the National Veterans Wheelchair Games in Tempe, Arizona. Um, and we also uh, sent leadership to our national uh, PBA meetings. Just this past November, we had two representatives from our chapter up at, uh, in D.C. for the Veterans Day ceremonies, um, which was just phenomenal for them. Um, and then, uh, of course, worked with National for Advocacy and Legislative Issues, which we do on a regular basis. Um, Locally, we were able to have a couple of fun shoots. Uh, we, we do have a very active trap shooting team, and they went to several regional tournaments. 
Uh, we also continued our bowling activities as we have in the past and um, and held uh, some in-person meetings for our board of directors, which was great to be back in person. And our first in-person member meeting was held in 2022. Um, that was in November. And that was very exciting to me. Um, another event that I'm very proud of and I was able to attend, you know, being a new kid on the block, I, I, I haven't attended everything, uh, was the Midwest fishing event that we have in Ely on the Veterans on, on the Lake Resort. And that was phenomenal. Yeah, I, I bet uh, being able to get everybody back together again, start doing in-person events. What a big morale booster. And it's great to see your, your brothers and sisters in arms again, I'm sure. It it is it is it is wonderful and uh, and I and I we heard that so many times at that holiday luncheon that we had so our plan is to continue that you know uh, that's, continue moving forward that's wonderful so um, you know the the Minnesota Paralyzed Veterans of America or PVA in in, in general um, you know it's known for serving the veterans uh, with spinal cord injuries or diseases like uh, ALS or, or MS. Um, I understand that there there have been some recent changes as it relates to MS patients uh, regarding membership eligibility. Can you explain a little bit about what that is? Yes, absolutely. Um, our, our basic core membership uh, eligibility are just three uh, very simple things. Citizen of the U.S., uh, veteran of the armed forces, and a discharge other than dishonorable, and then a spinal cord injury or disease. Um, and so recently we've expanded that. There was a, a, a national committee uh, at PDA National uh, in 2021 that uh, formed to address the, the needs and the challenges of our MS veterans. And so what came out of that is it's now open to all veterans who meet the other requirements upon initial diagnosis. There used to be a waiting period. They would wait until it manifested in the spine, but we know MS does that anyway. So now we're able to catch them a little bit earlier and um, really want to encourage people to, you know, if they applied and didn't, you know, didn't qualify, reapply. Or if they know a veteran that has MS um, to reach out because we do have a lot of resources um, to help our MS. And and our MS veterans consist of probably about 35% of our membership. And that's a so significant that's uh, number of, uh, of members. So um, right. to be able to expand that eligibility um, would certainly help uh, the cause and increase your membership, which, as we all know, uh, there is strength in, in numbers, isn't there? Absolutely. Absolutely. And we, we have a, a contact with our chapters named Scott Little. He actually is our secretary of our board also. Um, and, you know, he'd be happy to um, meet with anybody or connect with anybody that has any questions or needs resources on MS. And, and a couple of misnomers I want to put when we're talking about eligibility. Um, you know, just to point out, uh, eligibility into our organization, uh, you don't need to be service-connected for that, and you don't need to be in a wheelchair. And, um, and I just point those things out because I've heard those a lot over the last couple of years, and people thinking they can't apply for membership because of those two issues. I'm glad that um, you clarified that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you that if uh, there had to be some type of a military connection, and uh, and it, it's good that you don't. I mean, it's all right, you're a citizen of the United States. You you served our country honorably. Um, obviously, a veteran, and uh, and you could certainly be eligible. So, um, another way to get involved, another organization that uh, um, our paralyzed veterans could be involved. Right. Right. And, um, and, and we, we encourage membership. We have a lot of resources and activities for people, especially during these times of kind of social isolation that we're kind of coming out of. So, 
Yeah, exactly. So what kind of things is the Minnesota Paralyzed Veterans of America doing um, as it relates to advocacy or legislation um, at the state or, or national levels? Um, well, at the national level, and I mean, you know, we could probably have a whole program on all the other priorities that we have there, but um, both state and national, but I'll just highlight a, a couple of them. Um, we want to uh, push to protect the access to VA specialized services. So you're talking, you know, SCI, uh, the spinal cord injury centers that we have, um, the MS clinics, you know, those that specifically affect our population, and that would include staffing and infrastructure. Um we also want to, uh, and this is something I want to touch on later in a different area, but we want to make sure to expand access to VA long-term services and supports. That would be from the facility all the way spanning across the home and community care-based services. Um, that's a, there's a real need for that. Um, and then, and then uh, with many others, the, the, there's a need to improve the health care benefits and the benefits for uh, those who those veterans who are catastrophically disabled, maybe they're not service connected. It happened after they got out, but their disability is a, a severe catastrophe to their life. And and I think you know, as do most of us, think that we should support those um, those veterans a little bit more. Um, transportation, life insurance, home modification grants, the list goes on. So we're just constantly up there pushing uh, every year for improvement. And we get a little bit, and then next year we, we do a little more and a little more, and and, uh, and in the long run, I think we, we make a difference. Yeah, and I think we can all agree that um, the veteran community um, deserves to be taken care of, uh, should be taken care of, and uh, whether or not this was service-connected, um, it's still an area that we can certainly improve upon and, and provide some of these services that, um, you know, give back to our, our veteran community. Right, right. And now on a state, at a state uh, level, we work with our fellow uh, commanders on the uh, commander's task force and um, a few that were issues that we're looking at. We want to, in 2021, we passed the veterans omnibus bill. It was the first one. And we want to do that again because it's very, very important to separate out the veterans issues from all the other stuff. Uh, there's a tendency to want to lump things together when you want to get something pushed through. So we'd like to have everything separate for veterans. Yeah, we also I'd... want to support. Yeah, we also want to support the Hastings Veteran Home Revitalization. Um, I wasn't even aware of this, but many of their buildings date back to the early 1900s. <laughs> That's pretty old. Yes. Um, so, Vicki, we're yeah. going to have to take a, a quick break right here. And then when we come back, yeah, we're going to absolutely. talk a little bit about um, how people can get involved with the Minnesota Paralyzed Veterans of America. Uh, we're speaking with Vicki Garrison, president of the Minnesota Paralyzed Veterans of America. This is Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Doug Wortham, and I've been speaking with Vicki Garrison, who's the president of the Minnesota Paralyzed Veterans of America. Uh, Vicki, welcome back uh, onto the program here. And you know, we had to go to break, but I, I want to get to a couple of important topics here. And the first thing is, if you could address some of the uh, issues or concerns that you have as it relates to home care. Yeah, we have a, a what I would call a catastrophe, a catastrophe in the making with our home care situation. Um, we have limited uh, staff available. Uh, nobody in the disabled world, and this covers both civilian and veteran, can get enough staffing. We it, it, all the way up to we've had deaths uh, in our state um, because of it. So I guess what I would just want to do is make everybody aware uh, of, of things that are being kind of pushed forward to improve this. The executive director at MSO 
Metropolitan Center for Independent Living, Jesse uh, Bethke Gomez. Um, Todd Kimmery, our national director, has been working with him. He's got some innovative ideas. Um, and, and I believe everybody needs to recognize that this, this affects our state, but it goes beyond this, that the borders. Um, when people can't get home care, they can't get out, they can't get to their medical appointments, their social isolation, and the list just goes on and on. So it's a situation that is only going to get worse with the remaining baby boomers that are aging out and leaving the workforce and then them themselves falling into that category of needing home care. Yeah, absolutely uh, an important issue um, yeah. to to get people to uh, support that. Um, where or how can they support uh, this initiative? Well, we're gonna, we don't have anything really solid now. I know MSIL has some things that they're pushing forward. We're working with National PVA on this and along with our state uh, uh, partners. Um, so I, I would say stay tuned and, and, and start talking about this issue for people that do talk to legislators. Start talking about this issue because um, it is a critical one um, that really everything hinges on. Let's uh, talk quickly about um, people that can be involved with the Minnesota Paralyzed Veterans of America. Is it limited to only eligible members? Uh, what are you looking for in, in involvement? Uh, just open to the public or what is your criteria? Yeah, we actually are, you know, just the voting membership is limited to what I uh, addressed earlier, but we encourage uh, everybody to be involved if, if they have a desire to. We can use uh, uh, able-bodied uh, people to help us, obviously, uh, with our activities. Uh, we can use people helping us with meetings, uh, with reaching out and, and making connections with other people. Uh, we have a, a program that's an associate member is what we call it. It's free. And, um, and it's very rewarding. Uh, we have a lot of, of volunteers that just really uh, have a heart for being involved. So I, I would just encourage anybody to um, to give us a call. Our, our office is at the FCI Center at the VA, and um, we would love to have additional uh, associate members on board to help us. Excellent. So with this last 30 seconds or so, Vicki, is there a message of encouragement that you'd like to provide um, to our disabled uh, veterans? Yeah, I, I guess, um, you know, I'm a person, I have a lot of peace in my heart, and I just really want to get that out to everybody else. I want to remind our veterans out there, you are not alone. So be empowered to make a phone call if you need to. There's a lot of veterans organizations and people to help you. Um, you are strong. You're a veteran. So inherently, you're strong. And dig into that and find it again. And the other thing is you are a veteran no matter how long you served, no matter where you served, and no matter what you did, you are a veteran. And so there are benefits that are eligible you're el if you're eligible for, they're yours. You earn them. And um, and I just want to tell all the veterans out there how much we appreciate the, the just the countless sacrifices made for our country. Uh, Vicki, thank you so much for joining Minnesota Military Radio. We really appreciate it. That's Vicki Garrison, Minnesota Paralyzed Veterans of America. She's the president. Have a great day, and thanks for joining Minnesota Military Radio. Joining us now is the director of the Minneapolis VA, Pat Kelly. Director, welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. Yeah, hi, Doug. It is great to be with you again, and it's great to be with you. So we have just a, a very short amount of time here, and I want to make sure we get to each of the points. Uh, the Compact Act, uh, what, what is that? Yeah, so, so it really, Doug, I would think of it as a continuation of the VA's efforts at reaching out to veterans who are in crisis. And so, you know, specifically the Compact Act, this started the 17th of January of this year where veterans in a suicidal crisis can go to any health care facility at the VA, in the community, for free emergency health care related to that crisis. You know, that includes transportation costs. It includes uh, up to 30 days inpatient or residential care and up to 90 days of outpatient care 
And again, it's going to be on the, that the VA is going to pay for that fully uh, without pre-authorization in the event that veterans are having a suicidal crisis. So it, it, it is really meant to get veterans the care they need. Don't worry about the cost. Don't worry about the transportation. The only slight you know, uh, uh, limit on that is for veterans who've received either a dishonorable or a bad conduct discharge are not eligible, but any other veteran, they don't even have to be enrolled to get their care this way. So it, it's a good extension of services for veterans in a crisis it can be in the community or it can be at the VA. That's uh, that, that's great news. I mean, we know we talk about the suicide um, issue within the ranks and uh, the fact that uh, the estimation is 22 veterans per day take their lives or they die by suicide. And, and if we can save one life, uh, you know, it, it's all worth it. So uh, yeah. what a great opportunity to provide some additional resources and get the help that our veterans do need. Yeah, and, and really appreciate your having this on the show so your listeners can help us to get the word out. I mean, sometimes veterans who are not connected to the VA or to VA healthcare, it's it's hard getting the word to them. And so uh, uh, maybe some are listening, and if they're not, uh, some of your other listeners maybe can help them to, to facilitate this. And as you know, we reach all corners of the state of Minnesota mm-hmm. and beyond, yeah. so uh, great listening audience here. Uh, Director, tell us a little bit about uh, the clinics that are opening here in February. Yeah, so we, we have uh, 13 clinics in Minnesota and Wisconsin, and, and uh, this February uh, we are opening uh, actually at locations where we currently have clinics, but they're going to be two brand-new sites of care with expanded services. Uh, and so on, in, in, on the 3rd of February, that's a Friday, we're going to cut a ribbon at the St. James Clinic and the Mankato Clinic, uh, uh, St. James is a beautiful, brand-new, standalone building. The, the Mankato Clinic is embedded in one of the malls in Mankato. But it's, you know, really nice. I've, I've seen them both. They're beautiful. Uh, looking forward to providing even better service to veterans in southern Minnesota. And then the Maplewood Clinic uh, will be right next to its existing site, but, again, a bigger location, more services, an opportunity to really even sort of expand our footprint in the metro area so that more veterans can get primary care, mental health, hearing, eye exams, without having to come into the medical center. So, so again, that's the 10th of February, and, and both of those, again, even though all three of those are current sites of care, it's going to be bigger, it's going to be newer, it's going to be expanded services. So it's going to be a good good thing for our veterans. Yeah, and if they're anything like the uh, the Shakopee Clinic, um, I've been treated or have been seen at both uh, sites, and that new one certainly is is a nice facility. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, something to look forward to for our, our uh, veterans in, in each of those communities. Uh, is there an update on uh, exposure screenings for the PACT Act? Are, are we doing those, or excuse me, are you doing those at the VA right now? What, what's the status of that? Yeah, so maybe a couple of things for the listeners, up, updated things. And so we have been doing uh, what's referred to as a toxic exposure screening for veterans when they come in for their appointments. And so what that entails basically is we, we ask a veteran, have you been to these areas, you know, to include sort of that expanded list of, of locations where there was some toxic exposure screens, you know, to include Camp Lejeune and overseas locations and others. And, and then secondly, we ask them if they have any concerns, health concerns, related to that exposure. And, and we, uh, we, we show them the number of illnesses or injuries or diseases that we're talking about, and and we record that, and then we communicate with them. We treat their health care needs, and then we communicate with the, with the Veterans Benefits Administration. They started processing these new claims on the 1st of January, and so, so veterans can now uh, open a claim, uh, seek compensation for those, uh, for those exposures, 
and then if they get a comp- get a disability rating, and then if if they rate it, you know, get that compensation, get that health care, get all those things that they need. And so we are expecting an expanded number of new veterans coming into the system, and we welcome that. And and there will likely be veterans who currently get care with us, who will receive you know a, a, a higher disability rating. Uh, as they should. And so I would encourage veterans to get that uh, screen, to file a new claim with the VBA if they think they've been exposed to a toxic uh, uh, exposure, and, and to get that taken care of because it's uh, it's overdue and it's worth it. And, and Director, the last thing, just a couple of seconds here. Um, are you hiring? Always. <laughs> Thanks, Doug. So anybody, <laughs> doctors, we, nurses, uh, pharmacists, therapists, uh, uh, we are always in the mode of hiring uh, new people. They're good jobs, uh, Lots of good benefits working for the government, so so you bet we are hiring. All right, absolutely. Uh, Director Pat Kelly, thanks so much for joining us on Minnesota Military Radio. I hope you have a great day. Thanks, Doug. You too. As we wrap up today's show, I'd like to let you know that we would love to hear from you. If you have topic suggestions, you have show feedback, or if you're a Minnesota veteran and would like to share your story, please go to minnesotamilitaryradio.com, click Contact Us, and send us a note. I'd like to thank our guests for joining us this week, Todd Bardison, Vicki Garrison, Director Patrick Kelly at the Minneapolis VA, Commissioner Larry Herkey of the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, and finally, Minnesota's Adjutant General, Major General Sean Mankey. Please join us next week when we speak to the Minnesota National Guard's Command Senior Enlisted Leader and the new Senior Enlisted Advisor Army. We'll get an update from the American Legion and hear from the flag line of the Minnesota Patriot Guard. That's coming up next weekend on this station or online anytime at minnesotamilitaryradio.com. I'm Doug Wortham. I'd like to thank you for listening to this edition of Minnesota Military Radio. I hope you have a great week and find a way to make a positive impact on someone's life. Minnesota Military Radio is a production of iHeartMedia, the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, the Minneapolis VA, Beyond the Yellow Ribbon, and the Minnesota National Guard. Your host is Tom Lyons, founder and owner of Phelan Partners Limited, a merger and acquisition advisory firm. Tom is a life member of the American Legion, VFW, Vietnam Veterans of America, and the DAV. For podcasts and the latest updates, follow us at minnesotamilitaryradio.com.